Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this day and all that it stands for in our lives. And I pray that it, we wouldn't go past it without seeing you clearly, Lord Jesus Christ. For who you are, what you've done for us, and your love for us. And I pray as we do so, Lord, we would see something new. We would understand in a deeper way, not only your love, but how we should walk in light of it. For this is all for your glory, because you are risen. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. For uh, 11 years after college, I was a high school and, and elementary uh, PE teacher, strength coach. And my students and my players would constantly say, Coach, can you just draw it up for us because we don't have an idea what you're saying, you know. And I was a visual learner. You have a math teacher who was a lecturer, you know. It was awful, you know. And so in order, if you notice the title of the sermon, to see Jesus clearly, today, that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to use the whiteboard to help illustrate it for you. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? I mean, we've been dealing with the pandemic. We almost, uh, you know, had an insurrection. We've, you know, and there's still the polarization in our culture today. And, and just, if there's anything that this cultural moment has brought us to, despite all our best efforts, the world is chaotic and suffering and evil are real. And despite all our best efforts, and we do a pretty good job, quite frankly, you know, to, to insulate ourselves from the suffering of this world. I mean, first of all, just the medicine that we have. Thank God for our doctors and our nurses and our pharmacists and everybody who's brought this vaccination to us. We're one day closer to the end of this, right? But thank God for them. Isn't that great? Uh, TVs. Have you walked into Costco lately? I mean, I walked into Costco and saw that 120-inch LG TV, and I thought I could jump in. It's a 4K. It's amazing technology that we're coming up with. And cell phones, they're getting thinner and made with aerospace-grade aluminum, as they say in England. Aluminum, all right? All right? But if you drop it, it doesn't break, unless I drop it, you know. But, but that, you get my point. We're doing an incredible job insulating ourselves, but no matter how hard we try, the world is broken. And the one thing which is common among all of humanity in the midst of this brokenness is the presence of God or lack thereof. Now when I use that phrase, the presence of God, all kinds of things are conjured up in people's minds. So let me clarify this for you. Um, as I'm hanging out with people, when I talk to them about the reality of God and the reality of Jesus, here's what they think, all right? Here's planet Earth, all right? And it's an absolutely beautiful and yet tragic place. And then here's me. And I'm born, and I live my life above the line, hopefully, you know. Try to be good, try to do the right thing, but every now and then I fall below the line, and I'm trying, and I'm living my life all the way, and here I am at 55, you know, you know, 59. I subtracted four years, all right. 
um, here I am at 59, <laughs> living above the line, hopefully, or, 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 I'm living above the line, hopefully, or if I hold the right views of God, all right, and then comes the day the Lord calls me home. And then, because I've either lived above the line or I've held the right views of God, I go to a place called heaven where I receive my eternal surplus. I get a harp and a cloud of my own, and I sing kumbaya for all eternity. All right? Where every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. All right? Or... If I didn't live below the line, if I lived below the line, I wasn't a good person, or I didn't hold the right views of God, I go to the subterranean torture chamber known as hell, and we'll color that with red. All right. All right. That's what the world believes, and maybe that's what you believe. I've been here 14 years. Maybe you've. This is what you think I've said. That's not what I've said. But I love you. And this conversation for every single one of us, including myself, as I prepared this week, takes some humility to admit maybe I'm wrong. And let's look at what the Bible says, what the revelation of God says, what is reality, and see what really the resurrection is all about. All right, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and heaven was on earth as he created Adam, who in Hebrew, his name means humanity, representing all men, and Eve, who in Hebrew, her name means life. All of life comes through the women in our lives. And so Adam and Eve were created and placed in Eden where heaven met earth and walked with God in the cool of the day, in the presence of God. It was amazing. And they were called to go reproduce, till the soil, work the land with no weeds in the presence of God. And as they do so, they had a choice. They could live under God's reign and rule, letting him decide what is good and evil, or seize the opportunity and decide for themselves what was good and evil. And so that's what they did. And so as they did so, ever since then, the world's been broken. A little bit of an overlap, but heaven and earth are a broken place because we try to run our lives the way we want to run them, defining good and evil for ourselves. And because of that, notice Genesis 1-1, what it didn't say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Said nothing about hell. God created the heavens and earth and said it was good. He created man and woman and said, that's very good. They chose to decide for themselves what is good and evil, and therefore coming into the world was literally hell on earth. 
as we unleash hell on one another, destroying relationships, destroying people, even at the expense of them for something we want to do because we get to define good and evil for ourselves. All right? And so the whole Old Testament is about how God's people that he's called to go forth, be a blessing, don't. And God's going to do something about it. So if you open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, Carol read for us Mark 16. We're going to look at Mark chapter 1. Because if you could (laughs) open up the Bible and say, what's this book all about? You can look at Mark 1.1. Mark writes, he's, a, he's a, a, a companion of Peter and Paul. His name is also John Mark. And he writes a commentary in verse 1. He wants you to know what this book is all about as he writes, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The rest is all narrative. This is his only commentary. He wants you to know right off the bat that this is about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, God's son, God in the flesh, is what he's saying. And immediately, verse 2, it's like he's merging onto a highway where everybody's going 90 miles an hour, and you're going 35, and you got to catch up. He puts us in that highway of Isaiah. As he says, as is written in the Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So Mark immediately connects what is about to go forward, what he's going to say and chronicle for us, back to the Old Testament. That... This is the way the world is. God's going to do something about it. And he's first going to send a messenger, whom we know as John the Baptist, to prepare God's way for his people to receive him. And what are they going to receive? Jump down to verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, being that messenger, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Okay. Jesus is coming, proclaiming the good news. The good news that I have to live right, have the right theology, have to make sure I I go to heaven, right? That's what he's going to proclaim, right? Not quite. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That word repentance means Turn from going your way, defining how you should live your life because good and evil, and turn to Jesus because that's where good and evil and satisfaction will be found. And believe means trust wholeheartedly, intellectually, and with your heart, and with your soul, and your mind, with all your life. Believe and follow Jesus Christ. Did you hear anything about us in that? No. You see, this is all about what God is doing for you, but it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Because Jesus came 
to get the hell out of us. All right? You with me? Jesus came and all hell was unleashed upon him upon the cross. Everything that we have done, past, present, and future as humanity, was laid upon him, which we couldn't do for ourselves. So that when we crown him as our king, then what happens is we grow closer to God, and that cross gets even bigger. And hell gets driven out of us, even when we mess up. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so it's totally different from what the world believes. And one day, God is going to bring them back together again. Heaven and earth. But what's he going to do about this? Because for some people, hell still in them because they reject it. If a person rejects the great physician in this life, he will honor that for eternity. C.S. Lewis said, hell is the great complement to human freedom and human choice. If a person wants to live separate from God, God will honor that. And when you get to the end of time, you read Revelation 20 and 21, hell is outside of the city. God will not allow his good image-bearing humans and his good creation to remain like this forever. There will be a day where there will be no more pandemics, no more wars, no more polarization, because we'll be under the reign of one king, and it'll be good and glorious. Because what Jesus and Paul describes this life as is a newness of life. When you're living under Jesus' reign and rule, it's you're given a new life. A life with a meaning that suffering can't take away and it'll even deepen. A satisfaction in life that isn't based on your circumstances. A freedom that doesn't treat others as transactions. A identity that isn't fragile or based on my performance or based on the exclusion of others. A basis for seeking justice that doesn't turn us into oppressors. A, an experience of transcendent beauty and love that we all often experience when you're standing on a mountaintop. Or falling in love with another person. A way to face both not only the future, but my own death. With poise and praise. That's newness of life. Does that describe you? Do you want that? I don't have it all figured out. But I'm growing in that. And I want you to come grow with me. 
I want you to turn to the, the last chapter that Carol read for us. Thank you for reading that, Carol. It's, it's, a, it's a remarkable passage. Um, verse 8, the disciples have gathered at the tomb, and I want us to notice what happens. Jesus had lived a hell-free existence, died on the cross, was buried on Friday night, all day Saturday they celebrated the Sabbath. They came back Sunday morning and they see this angel there. Verse 7, he says, but go, tell his disciples and Peter. Peter really needed to hear this, okay, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And what do they do? And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Wait, he just told you to go tell the disciples and Peter. So there's a time period between they got over their fear and told the disciples. We don't know how long that was. But they didn't go tell them immediately. And it's as if Mark is trying to make a point to the reader. As I want to make a point to you. You cannot be neutral to Jesus Christ. You're going to have him reign as your king. Or you're going to be king with hell still in you. And that's your choice. But God will not stand for hell to ruin his creation including you, but you have to surrender to Jesus Christ. They ran. Are you going to run? That's what, that's what Mark is trying to get to. He wants to, to us to, to confront that for us. No, let's embrace the good news that God has come. He took it all for us. And he rose to show who he is. And he reigns even to this day in his kingdom people. That's the good news. Let's walk in that. And if you want that or want to renew that, I encourage you to pray with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would come now in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we recognize that we've got it wrong. We've been trying to do it our way, not your way. And I pray, Lord, as we come to you this resurrection morning, that we would surrender it all to you. And we give you our lives, for we are sinners to the core. And we want forgiveness for all our sins. All the hell that's in us. We ask you to drive it out as a new creation by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we give you our lives to do with as you wish. And Lord, as we walk this walk, fill us, Holy Spirit, to shine your light with a renewed step, with a joyful step, recognizing that under your reign and rule, we have everything. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.